0: We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55. I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Kim Nguyen, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Kim is a professional communicator who has worked in various industries, including healthcare, biotechnology, and financial services. She has always been cause-motivated and launched Silver Scaffold in 2022 After completing her doctoral studies at the University of Southern California, Kim's dissertation focused on older adults and information and communication technology. Recently, she wrote her two research studies in a chapter titled Early Reframing of Aging and Intergenerational Relations for Improved Technology Design and Usage. Kim is a Mosaic alumni a project of the Progressive Policy Institute aimed at putting more women at the forefront of policymaking.
1: Welcome, Kim. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I've been looking forward to our conversation for quite a while. Yeah, me too. So uh, tell us what Silver Scaffold is. Silver Scaffold is a consortium of storytellers and advocates for older adults. So we have three primary objectives. One is to elevate the voices of older adults and older adults, I'm counting anybody 65 plus, although that definition may vary, but uh, elevating the voices of older adults, reframing aging from a negative to a positive and digital inclusion for older adults.
0: I love that. I just, I love that. I'm so glad you're doing that.
1: When you talk about reframing aging, what what do you mean by that? Well, I don't think we have to look very far to find evidence that in our culture, at least, aging is not viewed very much as um, a positive. Either people don't want to get older, Uh, getting older is viewed upon negatively. There's so many negative associations with aging. You know, people think you lose your physical mobility, that you lose your cognitive abilities. Um, You're dependent on others. I think it's everywhere. It's It's in marketing materials. It's in... Um, advertising, um, people that's in greeting cards, um, birthday cards in particular, uh, people say ageist expressions without even being aware that what they're saying is anti-aging. Um, I was editing a, uh, article, um, at work today and, um, the expression was used, you know, that this this new approach was so much better than the old way, and I crossed out "old" and I wrote "former" or "previous." So, you know, I'm just my um, sensitivity to kind of anti-ageist speak language. You know, it's obviously much more heightened than others, but you know, just even that sentence that this new approach was better than the old way was a was an example of it where, you know, that suggests that old is bad. So um, that's why. So, for instance, through our social media, we do uh, videos with um, people. And it's just a simple question about their life. It's not it's intended to be very positive. and just kind of that's that's what i mean by elevating the voices of older adults i want us people 55 plus to be seen and heard and um valued most of all so i think that's a lot of what i mean by reframing aging um it's a positive it's a blessing um to be alive quite honestly you think about you know people who have died at an early age and People always feel that it's so tragic. Um, and it is indeed. And that's why, you know, every every day we have, you know, not every day is going to be a good day, but every day really is a blessing.
0: It's really interesting, Kim, because last week a friend of mine died and she's in her 60s. Everybody is just crushed. They're just so sad. And yet, many of the women who are crushed and sad right now I have spoken to I've, I've done a program for and they don't want to think about getting older um don't talk to me about it Sarah I don't want to think about getting older and yet they're crushed when somebody younger dies and it's that's really I hadn't
1: thought of that that's really weird yeah yeah and and you know I think part of it I'm very much a planner I don't like to leave things to the last minute and and Part of planning for me includes the fact that I know I'm going to die. And so I have things like a living will in place. You know, I've had a colonoscopy, but so many people don't want to do any of those things because they're just scared, I suppose. But I don't know. I mean, I am I have a very practical approach to it. And that's a little bit about, um, you know, the chapter that I wrote about was just if we reframe life um you know the fact that there's birth and then there's death the more i think we can come to terms with the fact that you know this is a very normal part of life and that we understand it and that we embrace it and view aging not as a negative but a very normal part of life i think so many things would um, improve for people. And that's the other thing. We're all aging, right? I mean, that is, and I, I don't understand why there's so much um, I guess people just don't either they're in denial about it or they think it's other people that are getting older and not themselves, and that the problems that exist for some older adults are not going to be their problems. I don't know. I, I I'm very confused by it. Yeah, me
0: too. And I think that from what you uh, said just a, just a little bit ago, I think it ties in, in some ways, not not all of it, but to our our complete denial of that I'm going to die. And if we could come to terms with I'm going to die, mm-hmm. then I th- I think. It would alleviate some of the quote dread about getting older, because as I get older, I'm getting closer to that point that I don't want to think about. That's not going to happen to me. That happens to everybody else. Um, and so, I think that I think that's I think what you said there is is really interesting. So, tell me about um, your work with technology and older adults. What
1: what is that? So many stories. I think. Uh, begin personally. The stories that we want to hear at least usually begin personally. And for me, um, uh, I was in school and knew I needed to choose a research topic. And I wanted to, initially I was thinking, you know, something like the impact of technology on young people and, you know, reliance on social media. But then I thought, no, that's a topic that's been covered a lot. And I lost my father in 2018. He was an electrical engineering professor. He was also my mother's tech support. So when he passed and they had been married for 61 years, I believe, um, you know, she lost her life partner and quite honestly, her tech support. And so she lived in the Bay Area and her kids were not near her. And I just saw how difficult it was to try to help solve any kind of tech problem because I was not next to her. I couldn't see it. Um, We started using the Amazon Echo devices to kind of try to show each other. Um, Thankfully at the time I had both a iPhone and an Android. And so I could kind of follow along with her, but I just saw that, um, you know, she had a hard time and the challenges that were involved um, just, you know, when you have people divided uh, geographically. So I decided to study older adults in technology and just, you know, to understand how they use it, what barriers get in their way, and how technology can be improved for them. So it was a qualitative study, and I interviewed uh, 15 older adults, 65 to I think 86 was the top age. Um, And then I also did another study in 2022 and 2023, in which I talked to uh, trainers of those, uh, excuse me, tech trainers or tech navigators who work almost exclusively with older adults. And I wanted to ask them, you know, what are the problems? What are the types of tech problems that um, you help older adults with? You know, what kinds of uh barriers do they encounter you know what and and how do they have any guidance for those who um might also be teaching technology to older adults so you know i in these both of these studies i heard from the people who and again 15 but i heard from 15 older adults um in it was california texas utah and district of columbia i believe And then um, the second study, I want to say there were something like fifteen states that were represented um, in the twenty-six interviews. So um, you know, these are this was direct feedback from the users of the technology as well as those who trained them. You know, there there aren't for those who are interested in the topic, for those who uh, care about older adults. I think that the findings would not surprise you for the most part. You know, older adults definitely want to use technology, but they don't see a place for themselves. You know, they don't, I, we know technology is not designed around older adults and their user experiences. So, you know, that was one of the findings of the first study. Um, the second study, one of the most interesting findings that I found was that helping older adults get over their fear of breaking their devices was the most common issue that came up from the tech instructors. You know, they are scared that they might delete um, something and not be able to recover it or that they might break their device. The other important thing, too, that I think needs to be mentioned is that there's also great variation between if you think of folks from 65 to 85, there's great variation in their um, abilities. So you've got some people in their 60s who may not be great tech users, and then some people in their 80s, 70s and 80s who are very technologically advanced. So that's why it's so important to you know, talk to the end user and involve them in the tech design and not to make assumptions, because there's a lot of assumptions out there you know, older adults are not good at technology, they don't want to use it. I mean, and, you know, look at how we're talking right now. Yeah, that's right. So when you said, I'm
0: curious about when you said that technology isn't designed for older adults, what What
1: do you mean by that? Meaning, you know, again, kind of these assumptions that there, are you know, older adults either have mobility issues that they might have arthritis that they don't know how to use tech that they don't want to use tech that their abilities are limited and then if you look at tech firms the median age of a tech firm is generally below 30. so i mean unless some of these young people have personal stories involving their grandparents you know i don't I'm not even sure that it's it's on their radar that this is a huge and growing population of people that needs to be included in tech design. I think Apple might be an exception. I think they tend to have very diverse user groups, uh, you know, to test their products and such. But you know, I I and there's plenty of re- research that says with tech firms being primarily comprised of younger people and ageist ideas generally held by younger people, that technology is not being designed for the older user. And if it is, it's almost too simplistic.
0: That's really interesting, Kim. uh, This was years ago now. I worked for an organization called the Institute for Women and Technology. And one of the things that we uh, looked at and talked about was that, uh, I mean, this has not changed in uh, 20 years, that most of the technology was designed by young men in their 20s. It was not necessarily something that was useful for women. Uh, Generally speaking, all these are generalizations, but generally speaking, women didn't want things with more bells and whistles to go fast and to go faster. They wanted it to work they wanted to do what they wanted it to do they wanted to to solve issues for in their day-to-day life and um that was not what was happening yeah. so it's it's sort of uh, it's sort of a mirror image of what happens for older adults mm-hmm. uh, um somebody who's a guy who's 23 has a way of seeing the world um and the technology in a way that um A man or woman who's 73 just doesn't see it that way. That's right.
1: Yep. Interesting.
0: So, you're one of your uh, chapters in the book. I'm fascinated by this Uh, intergenerational relations for improved technology design and usage. Is that what we're talking
1: about now? Yes. I mean, we've touched upon it. Yes. So, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about the early reframing that has to do with just being very practical about the stages of life and early reframing of aging then will touch every aspect. It will, it will encourage us as we get older to continue to want to learn and to not feel that, you know, technology is too complicated for us or that it doesn't serve a purpose in our life. Um, And then it will touch the person who's designing technology, who then designs not only for him or herself but for other generations too so i just think it's more it's more of a i guess like a, the word intergenerational approach to thinking versus an individualistic one yeah
0: interesting i love that I, and I think of the christmas this was years ago I mean, Um when um, my sister and I were trying to convince my mother to get on a computer so she could get emails from her grandchildren. And I can't do a computer, I don't understand how they work. I, I can't I can't do computer. And I found this little machine called a mail station. Hmm. And it was the most simple computer without a screen. I mean, it had a, a, a bar when you could see, but not, you know. And I gave it to her for Christmas and I said, mother, this is a typewriter. And she said, oh, I can use a typewriter. And I said, yes, well. And so exactly. I, she learned immediately how to use it. And one of the reasons why was we had all of her grandchildren send her emails. and But it, just, it was calling it something else that she couldn't yes. use a computer, but she could do a typewriter.
1: Yes, so. yes, yes, absolutely. You know, because self-directed ageism is us saying, no, I'm too old to learn. I can't do it. You know, there's there's plenty of that too that I think you know discourages people from continuing to learn and and push themselves out of their comfort zone. I like being pushed out of my comfort zone, but not everybody does. Yeah, no, at any but, at any age, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. To your point, as in it was the case with with your mother, if she saw value in it, if she saw that using technology enabled her to communicate with her grandchildren, then definitely the incentive was there. Right. Right.
0: And that that needed no bells and whistles. right? Right. I mean, it was the most simplistic thing. So, Kim, what are some of the things you're doing right now that are most meaningful for you? I can see that all of your work is probably meaningful for you, but what's most meaningful?
1: Well, I'm definitely delighted that I found one of my purposes or one of my major purposes in life that I found it. Um, and that is, you know, reframing of aging, elevating the voices of older adults and digital inclusion for for older adults. So all those things are tremendously meaningful to me. Um, the problem, quite honestly, is that I have not figured out how to monetize that. It's not the work that I do. It's not what pays the bills. So I've done all this, but it's all currently, you know, a passion project, something that I do on the side. Um, um, and quite honestly, it's it frustrates me quite a bit because it's hard to get attention for this topic. And I know that you can relate to what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very frustrating because I've knocked on so many doors. I mean, the good thing is I'm persistent, so I'll keep knocking. But, you know, I, I find certain groups like nonprofit organizations or groups that are already focused on older adults or digital inclusion or professional associations there's interest in that space, but I have yet to crack the nut with you know mainstream media and getting coverage and you know, I had a great story that I tried to pitch um, with a local organization called Oasis. well, it's a nationwide organization. I was trying to get uh, media coverage for the local group because they had this um, they teach technology to older adults and they have, uh, classes on Android and iPhone. And I thought this is such an important story. I think people buy their phones and they just assume everyone knows how to use them. And the fact that, you know, something that is taken for granted by so many people, you actually need to teach it. You know, I thought it was a great story, but it got zero coverage whatsoever. So anyway, back to your original question. Um, (laughs) I love that I have found my purpose. Um, it makes, it has changed my life quite honestly. So that of course, just seeing my two boys grow up to be kind, good young men. That's another thing I'm proud of. Um, and then I'm, uh, also planning to move to Colorado Springs next year sometime. So I'm excited about that too. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Have you,
0: um, I have to be careful because i uh, I have a streak of Pollyanna in me um i'm I'm from Southern Ohio originally, and everything's fine in southern Ohio, but I do see I mean I've only been doing prime spark since twenty maybe nineteen eighteen nineteen, but even in that time, I have seen a big increase in um, the discussion of ageism. So there are more and more I pay attention to women because that's that's why there are more and more women writing books about um what it's really like to be in middle age, what it's like to be getting older, um, uh, uh, hating the the gendered ageism. Um, and that's a change. That's a change just in the last three, four years.
1: I don't know if I'm the best person to ask. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I started studying older adults and technology in, I guess, around 2020 or so. Um, And so, you know, that, that thing where once you become aware of it, then, you know, for instance, on social media, those are the groups that I follow. Those are so I probably have a bit of a skewed view because I do. I, while I agree with you, you know, there's definitely when I look on Instagram, for example. But it's it's because of the groups that Silver Scaffold has subscribed to. So I see their feed, and I'm now in that world. So to me, it does appear that we are making progress, but. I have yet to see a corporation really embrace it and make it a priority. When I say a corporation, I mean, I'm not talking about AARP. I'm talking about... No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the tech firms of the world. Um, you know, I, I, I even tried to propose something at work you know, it hasn't quite got the prioritization that I'm hoping for. So yes, I do think more people are talking about it. I still think we have a long, long ways to go. And and like I said, I embrace the day that we really see corporations taking this on in a meaningful way and not just because it's going to increase revenues. And
0: I suspect that's the way in. I mean, that if 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 corporations will just understand, I don't I don't get this. I don't understand why they don't understand this, but this huge wave of baby boomers is coming along with an amazing buying power, and they're right. moving along. And there's this whole group. and and you can't you can't keep appealing to this group, specifically, I'm thinking of women, with twenty something women who are wearing size two. I mean you know you, you've got to start changing that if you want to capture this huge market. I don't That's get right. it I mean I you know even from a profit motive I I don't I don't quite get it. I
1: don't get it either because the profit opportunities are there. They absolutely are there yeah So Kim what
0: dreams do you have that you haven't realized yet? I know to to do away with ageism, but other than that, what else?
1: (laughs) I mean, it definitely has to do with this topic and and just for companies to really take notice, for leaders to take notice. And, you know, what we're trying to do, Sarah, we're trying to change cultural norms and values. And that's no small task, is it? Uh, (laughs) But I just... I'm determined to make it happen and just, you know, but, but we also know that um, the carrot is more appealing than the stick. And that's why, um, for instance, our social media that we do, we don't even talk about digital inclusion. I think one of the people that I interviewed, she does talk about uh, wishing that she had spent more time learning technology, but, you know, it's, it's just, Elevating the voices of older adults, hearing about lives and, you know, I always, um, film people outside, uh, because I am trying to address all these subtle and not so subtle stereotypes that there are of older adults. So that's why I get them outside. I don't, I want to combat the image or the thought that older adults are housebound you know, I want to show them being active and um, engaged and, you know, all the positives you can think of.
0: And I would add to that for myself of, quote, normal adults. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love the super agers, but <laughs> we're not all going to do the, the um, yes. Iron Man when right. we're 82, you know? Right. So, <laughs> yeah it's just that nor us normal adults living active lives that are you know they're healthy we're contributing we're not thinking about getting older we're celebrating birthdays da, 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 da. right exactly so, yes and i think that this is we're almost out of time but let me just ask you this that we you have touched on this earlier that in there's sometimes when we're almost our worst enemies um, so what do you what what's your ask
1: of older adults? I have a lot of ask, asks. So let's start with younger adults. Um, my ask is to recognize that we're all getting older and to be very inclusive as you do your work no matter what company you work in. Doesn't have to be a tech firm, but most companies have customers. And how do you serve those customers? Do you serve them in a way that is inclusive? And I'll just give you a quick example. Um, I recently was in a parking garage and here were your options to pay. You could use your credit card in the machine against the wall. You could scan a QR code you could send a text message to a number. So let's just say you're a cash only person. And um, yeah, let's just say you're a cash only person. Is that inclusive? Is that garage inclusive? No, (laughs) you have shut out people who are cash customers. Um, And let's say they have a smart, they don't have a smartphone. you know, limited mobile phone users, right? So I guess you can text on one of those older, like flip phones, but it takes a whole lot longer. Well, it assumes I know how to text. Yeah, yes, yes. So that's my ask of younger people. Recognize we're all getting older and be really inclusive in your work and think about those who are different than you, um, you know, in terms of ability um age race you know there's we haven't even touched about touched upon people who may have be visually impaired for example so that's my ask of younger people my ask of older people um 50s up is um keep learning and don't be afraid to try to use technology and then the third ask is speak up and be heard, and and I I know people don't like the emotion of anger, <laughs> but I I kind of want people to get mad a little bit and just get people's attention. Um, that this is this is you know woohoo I'm over here. Pay attention to me. I have needs. You may not know what my needs are, and the best way to find out what my needs are is to talk to me. Um. So I just think the more people who are just willing to challenge and speak up, say, I wanna be included, my opinion matters, my voice matters, I need you to hear me, the better off we're all going to be. It seems to me that we have gotten
0: more used to speaking up against racism and sexism, and I'm not equating those with ageism but ageism affects everyone at some point in their life That's right. it is interesting to me that we are not willing yet to speak up against ageism when it's going to affect everybody at some point
1: so. yeah yes we need legislation like ADA so that there are more rights well i think I, i'm
0: not i'm not all an expert on this i think we have more legislation than is being uh, upheld
1: I think they're oftentimes related to abilities, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so that's our
0: time. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Kim Neuren. And don't forget, you can find her...
1: Where, Kim, where can they touch you? We're on uh, our website is silverscaffold.com. My email is kim at silverscaffold.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram. I'm behind on posting content on YouTube, but we're there too. So um, you can find us if you want to.
0: So that's a great place to go to find out more about everything that Kim is talking about, silverscaffold.com. Thank you for being with us. Take care. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com and get my free spark guide, seven questions to ignite your spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.